welcome back to another episode of Exposing Ourselves. I'm Travis Ritchie, and this is episode 23. This is the show where we expose each other to new things. Matt, a big music fan, will assign me one of his favorite albums or playlists to listen to each week, and I, a movie buff, will give him one of my favorite films, and we come together on this very podcast to discuss it all, and... With me, as always, is my good friend, Matt Runquist. Hey, Travis. <laughs> this week, I watched the movie Ex Machina, and you listened to Betty Who. Yes. In fact, I also listened, I also watched Ex Machina again, as is my want uh, generally. I will try to rewatch the movies if I hadn't seen them. For Very sure. recently. Yeah. Yeah, I like doing that. Um, I was doing a little bit of, uh, I don't know what that was, my little radio announcer voice. With me as always is my good friend. Travis, <laughs> I, I love your voice so much. I edit all the episodes for, for our audience who don't know. And I'm always a little bit embarrassed listening to our voices together. I'm like, Travis sounds like super professional and I sound like a guy. <laughs> like, I'm fine, oh. but I'm a guy. You've got you're the better than a you're better than just a guy. I, I appreciate that, and I think you you also have a little bit of um, problem with people listening to themselves, and so listening to yourself might ding you points. I personally find your voice delightful, oh, and I well, listen to you. it, and it's wonderful. Oh, so. that's so sweet! Gosh, this is the sweetest yeah. episode so far. So, Matthew, how was your week? Uh, interesting, I think, is the official term for it. Uh, as like a you, Chinese curse sort of way? Uh, not not that interesting, no. But, not that interesting. Okay. Uh, my, as you know, my wife had her surgery this week, uh, uh -huh. came through with flying colors, but the recovery Good. process, the recovery process for open abdominal surgery is ch a challenge, you know? So each day has been a little bit better, but I think not as better as we would have hoped each day. Like she's still in a lot of pain, still mm. uh, mostly hanging out and uh that's frustrating for a very active person very go-getter type of person so. oh yeah i know that reminds me of when i broke my ribs a couple of like last year and it just the the frustration of not being able to move yeah is very real i get it yeah Ugh. so that was uh that was nine tenths of the week but i did get to uh, watch a fun movie and do a fair bit of gardening this week as well as you know here in the midwest it's early summer and a big part of early summer in the Midwest is planting vegetables and preparing beds and planting flowers and making sure that the mid and the midsummer and summer and early fall are all covered in blossoms and the bounty of the earth. We have water here. Let's use it. That's wonderful. I actually had a little bit of a green thumb thing going on myself. I uh, uh, loquat season is the springtime here in LA, and uh, okay, loquats so are a little fruit. That sounds made up to those of us in the Midwest. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's a little fruit that is. Uh, uh, it's not something that is shipped because it's the skin is very delicate and the fruit is very soft or the flesh is very soft. I would, I would kind of describe it as a cross between a pear and a tangerine mm. like it has that kind of almost citrusy flavor but the but the texture of a pear the other problem is that there's very little flesh for fruit volume because mm -hmm. so much of it is taken up by seeds okay. uh the giant seeds in the middle of it so l-o-q-u-a-t if you want to look it up and um 
But I think they're so delicious. And what, what's funny is that they grow, they're loquat trees just around L.A., right? Okay. And I didn't discover them until I was walking Dot years ago, 10 mm-hmm. years ago or so in my old neighborhood. And we came upon this guy who was tossing like a, like a jacket wrapped up in a belt up into a tree to try to knock these fruits down. Mm. And I was like, what are you doing, man? And he's like, oh, it's loquats. And he, <laughs> he hands me one. And I'm like, I'm not going to eat a fruit off of a tree just in the middle of the city. And he's like, no, no, do it. And so I was like, okay. (laughs) So I tasted it, and it was so good. And then I found out that we had a bigger loquat tree in our backyard behind our apartment that you could actually, because of the retaining wall behind the apartment, you could climb up kind of into the tree and pick all these fruits. So I grew to love it. And now I have found a couple of loquat trees around my neighborhood in the valley. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just picked a bunch, and then I saved the seeds, and I was like, what if I plant my own? And so my green thumb victory is that I planted about 15 seeds, and I have about nine little <gasps> baby trees growing now. Well, that's extremely exciting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that's my, uh, that's my little victory. Um, Coco is doing well. She is, uh, she, we've been together now a month. She is now 10 months old. And she's doing pretty well. She did have uh, a couple of uh, casualties, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, in uh, And she seems to have a thing for my eyewear for some Ooh, reason. Because the yeah. first thing she ate was my swim goggles. Mm-hmm. And then she ate my actual glasses, mm-hmm. uh, which was frustrating because they were um, – I, I, I used them to see, first of all. But also, <laughs> they are, I have backups, but my backups are single vision and my mm. regular glasses are um, not binoculars. What is that called? Progressive bifocals. Bifocals. Progressive bifocals. They are, yeah. And they're so – once I got them, it was so nice to be able to look at my phone – on the bottom of the glasses, mm-hmm. but then yeah. also see out in the world rather than have to lift up my glasses to see my phone or, or try to see them under the... Uh... Yeah, last year was my introduction to progressive bifocals as well. And yes. you being so young in your late 20s and already needing right? progressive bifocals. I know, it's, a, it's tragic. Incredible. It's Incredible. very, it's very surprising. But um, hey, you know what? I, I, uh, I, I'm aging with humility um, mm-hmm. as I near my 30s. So um, <laughs> the now, other than that, a couple of auditions. It was a fairly light week because you know the strike persists here. So yeah. we're um, uh, although interestingly, the directors guild struck an, uh, struck a deal apparently, uh, Ooh, which is that's not good news. It's not good for the writers necessarily, but I think the the actors are going to um, hold strong for for their deals, and maybe the okay. writers or the directors weren't maybe the directors weren't kind of looking for the same things. Sure. I don't know. So, but we'll see. I think the actors are probably going to start striking in July, and um, okay, we'll see what happens then. Yeah. Whew. But yeah. Wow. Well, solidarity as always on this end of the nation. Hey, what do you say we get into it? Let's get to the meat. The meat of the episode. Yeah, you shake things up and uh, start with something first. <laughs> I think we should switch things up. We and definitely start should start the music. That's music what I first. Think. All right. So, well, Matt, tell us about Betty Who. This week we have uh, singer, songwriter, electro pop diva Betty Who. She's not exactly in the same. 
Uh, I mean, she's kind of in the same genre as like your Lady Gaga's and your, uh, you know, Katy Perry's and so forth. But she's definitely coming at it from a more indie angle and uh, sort of a do-it-yourself kind of person. Uh, I love her music. It's very upbeat. It's very positive. I was first exposed to it in Spencer's Home Depot proposal video, which was a wildly viral uh flash mob proposal in a home depot super gay super lovely tears everywhere and uh the song somebody loves you by betty who was in that i searched her out i listened to her first couple albums i love them i'm not as into her most recent album but it's still good and uh i put together a playlist for you yeah my favorite i definitely want to talk about yeah, my favorite song is definitely Somebody Loves You. It's it's just a great, great piece of pop magic. But uh, yeah, tell me tell me what you thought. Well, so I want to talk about that, um, uh, that proposal video because I had seen it back in the day. Uh, I was one of, you know, YouTube showed me that I had watched it and I kind of remembered it. And I, I do like those proposal videos where you get a song and someone like there's one where the they're in a car and the car is driving down the street and everybody's doing, uh, you know, singing along to it. Um, and so I like that. And I, in my heart of hearts, that's how I would like to be proposed to uh, by my future husband. But um, so I, I, I had a cynical thought because ultimately, I guess I'll, I'll, I won't bury the lead here and say I didn't love Betty Who. Mm-hmm. As much as I thought I was going to, if you remember last week, I was very excited for this kind of sure. like a, um, you know, dance pop type, you know, queer even like a lot of <laughs> like it, that video was used by a gay couple and anyway. So, um, so I'm, I'm, but I'm listening to this and I guess my, my short review, is that I thought it was fairly generic mm. to me, and so what that made me think, and I was looking back on this, um, on this on this proposal video and thinking what a great way to market your video (laughs) or your song. Yeah. Like, because that's, that video seemed very well produced. Mm -hmm. Like a, it's in a business B it's got a lot of people. It's got dancers who are all in multiple colors and, you know, and, and several of them look fairly, you know, good. They're not great dancers, but they're good dancers. Um, and then they've got the family and like all the family. So let's fly in grandpa and grandpa, but also have a couple people on the iPads. It felt like it very much could have been planned. I mean, obviously it was planned, but like designed by a marketing company. Are you, you know? are you now on the Spencer's Home Depot proposal video conspiracy theory website right now? It, no, but I will note that that is the only video on his uh, YouTube channel. So that, you know, I mean, he got hundreds of thousands of subscribers or maybe not hundreds of, but thousands of subscribers from that video. He uh-huh. very, very easily could have parlayed that into some sort of YouTube um, fame, sure. I guess. You know, the the couples channel mm-hmm. doing, you know, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And and they didn't. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that means they're just not together anymore or what. <laughs> but regardless, uh, it just made me think about that. And I think the it all boiled down to the fact that I found Betty Who to be um, a little uninspired. Mm. Uh, and and I think I was trying to find a, a suitable metaphor for it. And I, I feel like a good one is 
those actors that you see that are that are okay. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I mean, I I don't want to pick on soap opera actors because I know a lot of soap actors, but like generally, you look at a soap opera and the actors, the acting is um, is serviceable, sure. right? And and let let's not even put it on the actors necessarily. The production schedule of a soap sort of demands that level of acting, regardless of exactly, how good exactly. the actual actor is or isn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but in this case, Betty Who is is pretty. She sounds fine. She sounds good. And uh, but the, I didn't get any. I didn't get any. I didn't. I wasn't moved by any of the songs. And one of the the second song on this playlist is uh, "I Love You Always Forever," which is a cover of um, "Help Me Out Here." Who? Uh, oh, I who didn't did know that? it was a cover. I'm sorry. Um, it's a cover of a Donna Lewis song, and I went back and listened to the original. And there's so much feeling in it that mm-hmm. I was kind of lacking in the Betty Who uh, version. And even a couple of the Betty Who songs that are slower, like uh, California, what is it? California Dreams, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, California Rain. It was the last song on the al- on the playlist. It was just kind of like, all right, it's just almost too slow, you know, mm-hmm. too, uh, with that, with that, not, not much emotion to me, for me. And so I, I guess I compare it to, compare her to artists like Lady Gaga or um, Sia or, um, you know, some of Kylie those, Minogue. some of those other kind of pop. Yeah. Kylie Minogue is a great example where she's got, like, you listen to All the Lovers and it has got so much, like, passion and joy and um uh, and i just kind of lacked that from betty who so you know i think this is all a fair read from you and i'll say this right i like betty who and i love the song somebody loves you but i don't listen to her newer stuff uh mm-hmm. it has it hasn't really grabbed me the way her older things did and when I was listening to this playlist this week, there was a sort of like, is this the same song? Oh, no, this is a different song, right? There was just sort of that feeling of, I mean, this is all very pleasant and well-produced and well-sung, but it's not super-duper moving. I am a bigger fan of the slower songs. Like, if I'm if I'm picking songs from this playlist that are more moving to me, it is the slower mm-hmm. songs. Uh, but... You know, I, I think you're you're on to something there. Yeah, I did like uh, Just Thought You Should Know. I thought that was a fun song uh, and probably my favorite of this playlist if I'm going to pick one. But um, but yeah, I, I, it, if, if, if I was at a dance club and I, I tell you, I you know how sometimes I'll play a playlist on a walk or something like that and I'll get halfway through it and then I'll start it over again on my next hike or walk or whatever. Uh, on this last one today, I went ahead and skipped Somebody Loves You. Mm-hmm. I was like, nah, I just don't need to hear it again. Wow. That's, yeah. that's, I would never, I would never skip that song. We're definitely, we're definitely not on the same page there. I, and I was surprised at myself. I, I was surprised at this kind of read uh, from myself. I, I, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't in some sort of mood the first time uh-huh. through, um, you know. Yeah. And today I'm in a perfectly happy mood today, and uh, and the, and this was still kind of my impression of it. So, I was just gonna say I would be curious to hear about 
where she comes from, how she was discovered, who's producing her albums, that kind of thing, and see, like, is she, uh, is she from, you know, what's, is she a product of something, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, it's funny, right? There is, and I've been introducing you to some of these women, but there is sort of like a pipeline for these singer, young female singer-songwriter types who, you know, move out to L.A. and get an album or get get hooked up with some high-level producers and end up getting a few hits and then not really doing a whole lot. And I'm thinking of people like Ava Max and... Um, Oh, gosh, who's that car song? She blew up. Olivia Rodrigo. Now, they're very talented. Um, and, you know, I think they're always... I think the music industry knows that there's a place for this type of music, right? Absolutely. The, the yeah. female, upbeat pop, singer-songwriter. Like, Taylor Swift can only release so many albums, and not all of them yep. are going to be pop albums, right? So we want to fill... And, the, and sort of the people who are into music like this... Right, the gays and fourteen-year-old girls, there. Right, the, there is sort of an insatiable need for like more, uh, more product. Right. Yeah, it's very different from my personal kind of thing, is where I find someone I love and I will love them for uh, forever. There is a very like what's new is most important. Yeah. Uh, energy in in at least the gay community and the dance community and stuff like that. Yeah. So I get that. For sure. I understand that. Yeah. And I, I don't begrudge anything. I, I again I think she's fine. Um just didn't really um didn't really tickle my fancy. I will say she's a fun live performer as well. Very uh enjoyable. I've seen her live a couple of times. Uh I did not see her she like I said, she played Milwaukee just last week at Pride Fest. Uh oh. and, I, and I, I missed out on that. Um but she she is a really fun live show. If you ever have the chance to see her, it, it's a good show. And and because she hasn't reached that sort of next level, the tickets generally aren't too expensive. So, <laughs> yeah, okay, that's great. Well, and I love that. I love that she has that kind of um, that kind of pride concert energy to her, and and sure. that's where she's doing. No? Well, and you know, there's also nothing wrong with. I mean, you know, I don't I don't think we're damning with faint praise to be saying that there's nothing wrong with like being pretty good at something like this, right? This is a yeah. hard thing. This is a hard thing to be pretty good at, you know. It is. It it's is. Ju- it's yeah. just and not... she's and yeah. Yeah, and in fact, and 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 I I wonder if I don't know. I feel like um I I did wonder if 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 what is lacking from her is in her or in her production right yeah. you know so or 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 in the what a studio who 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 the right. label producer who makes the, yeah you know. yeah exactly so um you know she certainly has a great voice her voice is fantastic and i i guess maybe i should look into seeing a video of her performing live and see if i you know see what i think of that but um yeah 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 well, Travis, why don't you uh, give it a rating? I think we're we're ready for that. Yeah, uh, I I mean I hate I hate to say so little about it, but I just uh, I I think I'm just gonna go right down the middle of the road and probably give her a five. Okay, okay. I will say I yeah, listened, I didn't dislike it. I didn't love it. I listened to this playlist that I put together, and except for somebody loves you, I I would say I pretty much agree with you. So somebody loves you for me is a ten song. Straight across. I would listen to it 
I would listen to it anytime you put it on. That said, the rest of the playlist was kind of a five to me, so I'm going to give this a six. Okay, great, great. I love that. Um, well, let's move on to the movie then. Uh, I had you watch the movie Ex Machina, which uh, came out in uh, 2014, which it, it sounds like it's, it, it feels like that's a long time ago. I felt like it was much more recent than that, but um, no, it was directed by Alex Garland, who was a uh, compatriot of um, Danny Boyle. So he and Danny Boyle collaborated a lot, uh, where Alex Garland actually wrote 28 Days Later and Sunshine and uh, and then uh, um, Dread, the, the, the reboot of, of Judge Dread, which was actually pretty good. And then this, uh, he went ahead and directed this, which was, I thought, a brilliant sci-fi kind of psychological thriller. Uh, very simple premise. Uh, Donald Gleason shows up at this um, this house out in the middle of a... Uh, Alaskan wilderness, uh, and the house, the house is owned by this uh, like Mark Zuckerberg level uh, tech founder guy, uh, played by Oscar Isaac, who uh, was big in the Star Wars sequels, right? And Oscar Isaac has created a robot, and uh, he, we discover that Donald Gleason is there to perform a Turing test on the robot to determine whether this robot has consciousness. And um, yeah, it's it didn't do a whole lot of business at the time. I don't think. I think it did. Uh, let's see, thirty-seven million dollars on a fifteen million dollar budget. So it made a little bit of money, but not. It was not a huge movie. But I love it, and I love some of the scenes in particular. Just really hit me. Um, you know, my acting like like brain. I love it, and uh, I think the uh, um, the the robot is played by Alicia Vikander, who went on to do the reboot of uh, Tomb Raider, which was, I didn't actually watch, but didn't get great reviews. But here, she does some very interesting and subtle acting work as this humanoid robot. So, yeah. What do you think? Uh, I really liked this a lot. Um, the, you know, I have some quibbles, like always, but uh, mm -hmm. I liked it a lot. Let's start with the with the cast, which is very small. It's Three primary actors, Donald Gleason, yep. Alicia Vikander, and Oscar Isaac, who, let's be honest, is completely unrecognizable with a beard, right? Yeah, you wouldn't and bald think... head in that beard, yeah. Yeah, um, I love Oscar Isaac. I love him in the prequel, or the sequels. I know you don't like the sequels as well as I do, but even... He's fine in them. I just don't oh, like them. Oh, I think he's fantastic in them. And you yes, know, I, I'll give he's you that. way give better. You that. He's way better than the material, and I like yes. the material. Um, yes, I agree with that. So, uh, so he's very good in this. Uh, it's an interesting role because, uh, you know, spoiler alert: he's the bad guy. Uh, but it's not super duper clear early on whether or not he's the bad guy. Uh, Donald Gleason is, you know, I didn't really think about it a whole lot, which maybe. It doesn't say I was thinking it says a bad thing about his performance, but maybe it just means like he really, uh, you know, subsumed himself in the role. I think he was very functional. I think. Yeah. Uh, well, he's also the connecting character. He kind of represents character. the audience in yeah. this movie. Alicia Vikander is I'm 100 percent on board with you here. She did 
amazing work because most of it is not reacting. It's almost like a Vulcan. So I've been watching Star Trek Enterprise and Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Star Trek uh, Voyager for the last six months or so. And so I've been I've been meeting a lot of Vulcans, right? And this character yeah. is has a lot of uh, similarities to the way Vulcans are played on Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, so it's all very subtle. It's not emotionless, but it's guarded. And right. when she, it's not data. It's, no, it's because not data. data as an android is very emotion free. Yes. So this this character is very different. Yeah. And when those moments of, I'm thinking specifically of her smiles, there's a few moments when she smiles that communicates an immense amount to the audience. Really, really good stuff. I, I loved mm-hmm. her performance in this. Really good. Yeah. The movie itself, the premise is, it's like, I want to read it for being a ridiculous premise, Right. Like, this guy lives all alone above the Arctic Circle. The reason we know we're above the Arctic Circle is that the sun never goes down. Um, he's completely alone. No, Nobody's dropping groceries off or anything, right? Because the helicopter is allowed is not allowed within miles of his house. Uh, and yet he has everything he needs to build... Spoiler alert, multiple copies of these extremely high-level artificial intelligence robots, right? So, Uh like, there's a part of, there's this, like, no, you know, superhero movie part of my brain that wants to go, this is, this premise is so insanely ridiculous, right? Like, what if the guy needs a screwdriver that he doesn't have, you know? Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like you look at some of these richest people in the world, like you look at a Jeff Bezos or a Mark Zuckerberg and they've got so much money. They're building spaceships and, and yachts that have other yachts inside them. And like, yeah, I can but, see but that they're a guy... doing those things with other people. Right. The premise of this movie is that he's all alone and not like he's relying on no one else. Right. And then I just didn't like that doesn't ring true for me. I understand the structure of the story demands it. And so I'm willing to forgive it a little bit. But I don't I don't want to let it go unnoted that this is a ridiculous premise. Right. Right. Well, and they do try to they do try to square that peg a little bit by saying that he's such a genius that he uh, he basically created it's as if Mark Zuckerberg created Facebook at 13. Right. And that's how brilliant this guy is. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, honestly, I didn't even think about that yeah. element of it. The yeah. fact, I mean, some of it, like, uh, in my head, I'm like, okay, how is he getting supplies? I'm like, okay, well, he's getting, you know, he's getting a lot of supplies once a month or something like that. Right. And, um, and the helicopter, I think, is closer than miles because the guy walks there with his luggage and so it's just kind of like along the river a little bit but um yeah i get your point i get your point so and but anyways um so the the structure of the movie is interesting right we see that oscar isaac is drowning himself in alcohol and we don't understand Mm -hmm. why at first alcohol and exercise actually uh Mm -hmm. and you know as we learn about what's going on we learn that he's basically trying to dull his own emotions from doing some pretty awful things. Uh, But 
not stopping himself from doing those awful things, right? And all of that is, I, I think, rings really true. Um, and all the stuff, so to skip to the end, right, she does escape. She was probably playing Donald Gleason all along, uh, which, you know, my romantic comedy loving heart, right, was so broken by this. Yes. By this reveal. You wanted them to be. Because, because the right, like, I, when I see a movie and there's like a, a meet cute or like sparks fly or anything like that, like I want it to work out. That is the type of movie that is like right in my wheelhouse is like, oh, those people yep. just gave each other a meaningful look over a spilled Starbucks cup. Clearly, they're meant to be together forever. And this movie plays on that a little bit, plays on that expectation. Uh, so the fact that she was really just stringing him along to use him as a way to escape, uh, I struggled with it at the end. I was like, wait, why did she leave him at the end? Wasn't she, she was, I thought she was going to come back for him or, and no, she really was right. just, she really was just playing him. Um, the yeah. end, the ending itself is, there's, there's an awful lot of audience having to connect dots that don't connect. Um, and I don't want to get it. Get like what? Too... Like, what do you mean? Well, just give it like briefly. Well, so somehow the helicopter comes and picks her up, even though the helicopter pilot is not expecting her. Right. Right doesn't even know that she's there and somehow sure. he's convinced not only to pick her up but to not pick up Donald Gleason. Well, I thought about that and that doesn't seem such a big deal for me like if you, if if imagine if you're that helicopter pilot, you work for this rich guy and you show up and this woman walks out and she's like uh, and, and I'm sure she could make up some lie to say, "Oh, uh, this guy is uh, Caleb is staying, and uh, I'm just going home. I've been here for years or whatever, and I'm I'm going, you know. And 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 Nathan said to take me. Okay, sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'd say there's a reason that they hid whatever dialogue that was behind the helicopter blades, right? Because that I think any... it just doesn't matter in the end. Because, yeah. Well, you say it doesn't matter, what? but there it definitely there was part of me that's like, wait a minute, the helicopter pilot just abandons this guy out in the out in the tundra? Like that doesn't seem well, right. Well, but a there is a communi there is communication to the outside world. So if they needed another helicopter ride, they can get one, right? So he doesn't know anything's wrong. Secondly, we've already shown that she's so inventive in playing people. That why can't she, why can't she play this helicopter pilot? I'm not saying that this circle can't be squared. All I'm saying is that <laughs> it, it bothered me like in the moment, right? And, and yeah, yeah. you know, then she just goes to a city. How we have no idea. You know, she. Uh, what else does she do? There's another. There's another little. She's grace so note smart. She has access to. She has access to yeah. all the banking information in the world. She right. Can... Yeah. There's the, there's a lot of hand waving going on that that. But again, doesn't matter. That's not well, part of this story. But see, here's the thing. It's not part of this story, so I don't understand why it's there. Because that's her dream. Because that was the one thing she said that was true. That she yeah. just wants to go people watching at yeah. the intersection. Yeah. I, and I love that shot, that shot of her shadow with the other shadows walking by. It's such a beautiful, um, 
Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those shots that's like deliberately confusing and then your brain wraps itself around what's happening. Um yeah. Yeah. They uh they I will say that this is I think the third time I've watched this movie now and uh, I enjoyed it just as much as the first couple. In fact, I I see little bits here and there that make it a little bit more um uh, give a little deeper meaning to to a point here and there, or or the foreshadowing that holds up stuff like that. I found mm-hmm. very satisfying on re- on this repeated viewing. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. What else do I want to say? Uh, it's very interesting production design. You know, it's good stuff. Uh, yeah, the ma- special effects are are solid, right? Oh. The I mean, yeah, I'm I I'm mostly it's... referring to the design of the house and like of research yeah, facility. All of, it, all of it, yeah. I think really, you know, gets across. It really tells you more about Oscar Isaac's character without us having to be super obvious about it. It also, you know, uh, Donald Gleason and Alicia Vikander at the beginning are on opposite sides of a barrier, and so it mm-hmm. makes it very explicit that she is a prisoner very early on, right? Yeah, uh, which I thought did you know did a lot of work plot wise that in a in a way that was really subtle, and I do like that where like your brain isn't having to work overly hard to figure it out, but they're also not just there's not just like a Hey, is this lady a prisoner? Why, yes, yes, she is. Right? There's not like the the super expositiony type dialogue. So, uh, I appreciated that the production design really served the story. Yeah, yeah. I I'm glad you I'm glad you liked it. I, and I also appreciated the score. Um, is is anything strike you on the music as a music guy? You know what's funny is that I am like the music guy in this relationship. But musical scores uh, generally just wash right over me, right? Uh, and yeah. I feel I feel a little bad for saying that because I know some people are like super duper into scores. And when I hear scores, uh, you know, like the sort of the great scores, right? The your Jaws and your Star Wars, right. and your Hunt for Red October and your Titanic, right? I like them, right? But but they're never even they're never the first thing I think about when I think about the movie, and they're never the fifth thing that I think about when I think about the movie. So sure, um, you yeah. know, I feel. Well, but if you go ahead. I think yeah, I, I agree with you. I love scores with themes, and especially a good themes. And we don't get many theme songs these days anymore. But um, I did notice on this last on this viewing how how fitting the music is for moments like when things turn dark. The music is just so like perfectly dark. And what did you think of the extreme homoeroticism of his arrival at the house? <laughs> Like there's a moment there where you're like, are is did he bring him here to seduce him? <laughs> there was definitely there was definitely just a a moment there where uh, I was like, this is uh, a choice. Interesting. I didn't see that really. Okay. I just um I I was more I think for me Oscar Isaac was more of a um that savant uh you know that kind of tortured genius. Uh, who was a little bit not good with 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 people like mm-hmm. and he's just kind of used to his own way i I thought it was played very well um uh, but 
Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. If I show up as only the second person at a locked facility and the person that I'm supposed to meet is a, is in the middle of a very sweaty workout in a a frame or a a oh god what's it called an a tank i can't remember what the the it's oh, a tank like top a t- yeah it's a tank top but there's a word for it and i can't remember oh. now and i feel bad um but you know like and, and a very jacked dude f- for that you know to that point sure. right like there's part of me that's like did i just have i walked into a situation here you know interesting no i didn't uh i didn't get that that's fair that's fair well uh you want to give it a rating sure i'd love to give it a rating uh man if the if only the ending had been like 90 seconds shorter uh Hmm. because because a lot of my problems with the movie are in that ending and you know like things that i just i was just like oh oh no oh no oh no right like i if if she had just like walked off into the you know into the tundra and then there was like a cut to black i would have given this movie a nine edging towards 10 right wow. uh but as it is this is an eight for me wow interesting yeah. i i i like the ending because it uh it gives a little more of a I think it makes it feel more dangerous. Like she made it. Like she is out in the world and uh, doing her thing. And so, like as a thriller, I feel like it's much uh, more satisfying to see that she's done that. And now, like it's almost a like a Westworld type thing. Like, what is she gonna do now? Uh, is she stoppable? And 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 Donald Gleason is probably dead, trapped in that room back in the house. Yeah. And so. Well, I mean, um, the once a month food delivery will come soon. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, is he going to last a month? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I I think this is. Um, hmm. Is it a is it a ten? Is it a ten? Is it a ten? Is my question. I think that it is. You know what? I'm going to give it a nine, just because I do wonder how well this will hold up over time okay you know uh and i think pretty well but i'm gonna hedge my bet just a little bit and say that it's a it's a nine and there are also some things that are weird that i thought were maybe weird for the sake of being weird versus versus for story purposes i don't know i don't know well we got a little time actually no i'm curious about that point we've got a little time here so i I, what Mm -hmm. do you what do you think might have been weird for the sake of being weird like the dancing scene like what's the deal with that like did you did you program this dance routine into this uh non-speaking you know previous generation robot so that you could dance with her by yourself did you do it so that you could dance with her so that some in front of this guy or in front of people i mean what's the process did you did you do it by doing a dance and having her watch you do it just so Mm -hmm. she could learn it Mm -hmm. It, it's a cool scene it's very weird and and kind of like um menacing disturbing (laughs) a little disturbing but uh but just ultimately it's like why though yeah so yeah yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Just but 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 ultimately it fits with the the disturbing nature of the story and like when 
it's funny when Donald Gleason's character Caleb, um, when he cuts himself open to make sure that he's not an android, he's only been there a week, uh, less than. But you're also kind of like, yeah, I kind of get it. You know, it doesn't feel to me like too much psychosis, even though he's a fairly normal guy. Him cutting himself absolutely makes sense. It's it's a summer camp situation. I don't know if you ever went to like a week long summer camp, but the relationships that you form at summer camp are incredibly intense, right? Yes, uh, they're, when they're, you're a kid, but that's what, how. Well, no, but I mean that's what I'm saying is like when you're isolated with people and spending all your time with them, the okay. intensity of the experience and the intensity of the emotional reaction is is very high. So absolutely yeah. that makes sense. Uh the thing that didn't make sense to me is that was a very long cut on his arm that absolutely needed to be stitched didn't need up. Didn't need to be that big. It yeah. did not need to be that big, and it needed to be stitched up, and yeah. uh, that would bleed for hours or potentially days if you didn't have proper bandaging, which I don't know where he got that or how sure. he— I'm, Yeah, I, I get you, and I, I think for me, I'm like, okay, he's probably not a doctor on site, but there probably is a well-stocked first aid kit with yeah. future medicine, you know, medicines yeah. and first aid stuff that's— yeah. 15 years in the future yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. I, that didn't bother me. It, it, but I did think, oh, that you didn't need to make it that big to prove that you weren't a robot. <laughs> yeah, because you know? the the skin peels off very easily when you find the edges of the robots. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. like it's it, – and he's seen that at that point. He's seen how easily it comes off. And clearly it was not going to come off that easily, but he just kept digging with that razor blade. So <laughs> – Yep, yep. Yeah, exactly. So, so a scene that also not strictly necessary – for the story and maybe doesn't quite work, but does ramp up the, uh, the psychological, um, yeah. effectiveness of it. For yeah, sure. All so, right. Yeah. I'll go with a nine. I'll go okay. With a nine. So a nine from you and eight from me. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Do you have What's something you have for, for next week? Oh, you've got, you, you want to hear what I've got? Well, what I have for well, you generally, yeah, I like to hear your selection first. Yeah, yeah, this feels a little uneven to me, but I'll 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 survive. I'll survive. Really? I mean, I can I could go first if you really wanted. Does it affect your choice? Cuz your choice See, my that's choice the thing. Your picked. choice often does affect my choice. Yes. My choice affects your choice. Yes. Sometimes it does. Uh so, are you familiar with the band Interpol? No. No, I'm okay. I'm uh, I'm familiar with the Interpol Interpol. Okay, so there's a band called Interpol. They uh, burst onto the scene right around the year 2000. They're uh, from New York. Nice. And love bursting. Yes, they're, and they're sort of an indie uh, guitar-based band. Uh, what to say about them? They were so there was a series of bands that like came up out of like the Brooklyn hipster scene, and they were sort of the top dogs in that for a while. They very famously got a ten on their debut album from Pitchfork Media, which was the most influential review site for a certain type of music fan in the early two thousands, wow. uh, and. Uh, it was their it was their album of the year, and it's a very very good album. It's called Turn On the Bright Lights, 
but that's not the album we're going to listen to. We are going to listen to an album, but it's going to be their second album, Antics. So they were wildly popular for a certain level, right? It's not like they were getting played on the radio or anything. Wildly (laughs) popular, uh, signed to a major label, Interscope, and they released this album, Antics, and it's, I think, fantastic. I don't know if you're going to love it, but I feel like I've been lobbing you some softballs lately, and I want to give you something that's maybe a little bit more challenging, but is also very... I don't know that Gordon Lightfoot was a softball. uh, But also very, very rewarding. So... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think you'll like I'm excited as always. Okay. You think I'll like it? Great, 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 great. Uh, I am definitely excited to try it. Well, you know, that's not necessarily the point of this podcast is not necessarily mm-hmm. to give me something I'll like, but to expose me to something, right? Yeah. To s- expose me to something you like, which yes. is one of the things I like about this project. Yeah. Um, that being the case, uh, do, you have a, do, you have a, do you have a mood that you're in, especially uh, after um, the surgery and all that? Do you have a, a particular oh. kind of movie that you'd like to do? Mm. I've, got a, I've got a selection. I've got a oh. whole... No, I, I think I'm, I'm really very open right now. Do tell. Hmm. I'm 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 okay. just taking in recovery. You have to take what the world gives you, and so that's where I am right now mentally. I'm just I'm taking taking whatever. Is I mean, good. I don't want to give you something super uh, scary or or, or 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 like intense. Um, mm-hmm. I do have a couple of ideas for things that I'd like to do, but I think I'm gonna give you a um, a little. Uh, how about a little popcorn action movie? Ooh, a popcorn something, action movie. Yeah, something something just light and uh, I mean uh, non non important but fun action. Okay, okay. I, I'm gonna give you Kingsman: The Secret Service. Kingsman: which The is, Secret Service. It's the first of a uh, trilogy of movies. Uh, it was directed by Alex Vaughn, who had previously done X Men: First Class, which I think is a brilliant x-men movie you won't like it because it's superheroes whatever but um the uh kingsman is a is a spy movie it's kind of like it's like a fun funny updated james bondy type story right um it's got gadgets it's got uh you know world ending stakes it's got uh it's got fighting and you know shooting and stuff like that um and so it it's also like Austin stars. Powers. well austin powers <laughs> is a comedy it's a straight-up comedy so it, but imagine a mo- uh, but imagine a james bond with a more of a sense of humor right mm-hmm. um yeah. and so uh, it stars colin firth as the spy as the main spy right which okay. is great because he's never he's not someone anybody would ever have have cast as a spy in 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 his entire career but uh, it also is the breakout role for Taron Edgerton who recently uh, did he win the award or I think he was nominated for um, playing Elton John in Rocketman okay. and uh, and also has Samuel L. Jackson and Michael Caine and Mark Strong and it's just a, a fun cast and it's from back in 2014 so actually uh, the same year as Ex Machina, so that's um, that's interesting. But yeah, uh, I think I think you'll have fun watching it at the very least. I don't know if you'll love it. Here's the interesting thing: I dislike the sequel quite a bit, 
And uh, and then the third movie is better, but not as good as this one. So this is one of those things where uh, the first movie hit a bunch of right buttons for me. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to watching it again. I haven't seen it in many years. So I'm definitely going to watch it again this year with you uh, or this week. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking about it next week. Well, that's really exciting. I do want to point out that I was teasing you a little when I said it was like Austin Powers. I was not being serious. So. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. You're, we've we've established your your mu- uh, movie uh, knowledge is not great. Um, <laughs> you know, or it's not the the the. I don't know. I would have forgiven you for saying that and not judged uh, you. That's well, the thing. I appreciate, not at all. I appreciate the lack of judgment. And you know what if else you, I if appreciate? If you had said that in sincerity. <laughs> what do you appreciate, Matt? I appreciate that you're exposing yourself to me. Oh, Matt, I appreciate you exposing yourself to me. Thank you. Thanks. All right, hey, buddy. Well, Before we go, we should talk briefly yes. about Facebook. You, yes! listener, should... Uh, contact us on our Facebook. It's exposing ourselves or send us an email at exposing ourselves podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you thought of ex machina. Tell us what you thought of Betty who tell Travis. He's wrong about Betty who we love you all. Good night. (laughs) Wait. And also, also rate (laughs) us, please give us a rating on wherever you're listening to podcast. It helps. Uh, thanks Matt. And thank you for listening. And we will see you next week. Hear you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.